It's Wednesday, April 18th. Thanks for joining us for the very first episode of the FSLSO Palmcast, a brand new podcast from the Florida Surplus Line Service Office, featuring industry news, special guests, and more. I'm your host, Jordan Marin. Today, Tony Gregory, Managing Director of Insurance Market Conferences Seminars, joins us in the studio. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, can you start with just telling me a little bit about yourself? Um, yes, I was uh, an underwriter with a number of companies in the London market, uh, specializing in professional liability and general liability business. I now run a company which uh, arranges conferences, provides training. I also do a lot of lecturing on insurance topics, uh, and I do quite a bit of writing on insurance topics. Would you mind explaining just a, a brief history, if you could, of the London market as it pertains to your expertise and just a bit of the background historically? Well, I suppose historically, um, we would actually go back before Lloyd's uh, was first heard of. I say first heard of. Lloyd's, Lloyd's it was heard of in 1688. It may well have been that uh, Edward Lloyd's Coffee House existed before then and that there were people there transacting insurance business. But we do treat the year 1688 as the year that uh, Lloyd's was formed. Prior to that, uh, the London market had had various participants all involved in marine insurance. We had uh, members of the Hansa League from Western Europe providing uh, marine cover into London. Uh, We also had the people from Lombardy in Italy who specialised in marine insurance. Uh, They also conducted business in the London market. Now, as you mentioned, when most of our listeners think about the London market, they do tend to specifically think of Lloyd's in particular. Can you tell us a little bit about Lloyd's and its history and why most people imagine that? Uh, yes, I mean, Lloyd, well, as, as I mentioned, Lloyd started in 1688, uh, and there was very little uh, by way of the company market at that time. So Lloyd's became the centre for uh, marine insurance in London. It was also involved in underwriting risks from other countries, and it was, in fact, the major marine insurer, uh, and a marine insurer only, until the late 19th century. England, of course, has had its own insurance companies for many a century, acting throughout the the UK, and with a number of companies providing coverage. And they were called the fringe because they all operated round Lloyd's. Lloyd's was the, the magnet, the main attraction, and these companies thought they could actually obtain business by virtue of being close to Lloyd's. In other words, they would get the business additional to the amount that Lloyd's had underwritten. That market now has evolved quite considerably over the last couple of decades. We have a market of nearly 50 companies, and these are substantial companies. Um, They are uh, US, Bermudan, Western European, Australian companies who have established themselves in London. Lloyd's produces a more substantial income, some £30 billion, but the company market is not too far behind. Lloyd's is um, the centre of this market. The the advantages that Lloyd's has is that it is licensed in a large number of territories to write insurance or reinsurance. It has that advantage over the company market, who, of course, are limited by licensing to a certain number of countries. Every syndicate which is formed in Lloyd's has an advantage in that it is automatically licensed in any country in which Lloyd's holds a license for insurance or reinsurance. 
And one of the things that you briefly touched on when you explained that is syndicates, and Lloyd's is made up of syndicates. Can you briefly explain what those are? Yes. In other words, Lloyd's is not an insurer. The insurers are the individual syndicates which operate in Lloyd's. There are currently nearly a 100 syndicates who are active. The syndicates are the providers of the capital, and they are the insurers. They take a profit or they incur the losses. They are therefore dependent upon the success of the underwriters who are appointed to underwrite for that particular syndicate. They are all separate businesses. They operate on a several liability basis. In other words, were one syndicate to become insolvent, the other syndicates would not be liable for the losses that that syndicate had incurred. There is a small degree of mutuality within Lloyd's, and that is created by the central fund. The central fund, which stands at about £2 billion, is created by a subscription from each syndicate into the fund each year as a proportion of its premium income. In the event of a syndicate being unable to meet its losses, the Council of Lloyds can draw upon the central fund to cover those losses. And as you also mentioned, Lloyds operates in a number of different countries spanning all across the world. Can you touch on what some of those countries are that Lloyds operates in and the kind of premium volume that they do in those countries? Yes, I mean, Lloyds traditionally has has obtained its um, business by Lloyds brokers going out into the world and bringing that business back into Lloyds. Uh, Lloyds is changing its, um, its mode of operation to a degree by setting up and establishing in various territories what one may regard as being uh, mini Lloyds. The establishment so far have been in Singapore, uh, where Lloyds Asia operates. Uh, it has also set up hubs in China, Dubai, India, Brazil, and Colombia. Can you explain a little bit about what makes the Lloyds market so unique with it being a subscription market? Yes, the bulk of Lloyd's uh, income actually comes from the United States. Approximately 50% uh, of income in 2016, where Lloyd's is authorized as an admitted insurer in Illinois, Kentucky, and in the U.S. Virgin Islands. In all states, it is a non-admitted insurer, and it can write, also write reinsurance business and exempt business. Can you talk a little bit about some of the larger claims throughout the Lloyd's history that it's paid out? Uh, yes, I mean, most of the larger claims have uh, related to natural catastrophes, uh, substantially in the United States, and of course uh, Lloyd's made considerable payments in respect of 9-11. The losses relating to Katrina in 2005, Lloyd's share of that was some $4.3 billion. It also has paid... Uh, $600 million in respect of BP Deepwater Horizon loss. Other losses, um, more recently, in 2011, there were a a number of natural catastrophes, the Japanese earthquake and tsunami, uh, which Lloyd's paid approximately $1.95 billion. The New Zealand earthquake, which cost Lloyd's $1.2 billion. And the Thailand floods, which cost $2.2 billion. Back to the United States in 2012, 
Superstorm Sandy cost Lloyds approximately $2.5 billion. Thank you so much. And for our last question, uh, it's, it's become very evident that Lloyds is a leader throughout so many different areas of this industry. But what types of coverages specifically is Lloyds a leading insurer in? Uh, Lloyds is a leading insurer in a, a lot of different classes of insurance and reinsurance. I mean, most notably, it is the um, one of the leading world insurers in aviation and marine business. And in reinsurance, we would look at property catastrophe business. Um, Lloyds is, is a leader. Um, but in any given class of business, you can assume that Lloyds is playing a prominent role. So in all forms of casualty and property business, in professional liability, in directors and officers, and more recently, Lloyds has become a leading insurer in cyber business. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sir Gregory. We really appreciate you coming on the program and uh, lending some of your expertise to our listeners. Thank you so much for your time. It's fine. Thank you. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. If you would like to know more about Tony Gregory or IMC Seminars, you can visit their website at imc-seminars.com for more information. I'm Jordan Mara. Join us next time, and thanks for listening.